Welcome to Westminster Church this morning. We are pleased to see every one of you, whether you are in the sanctuary or have joined us on YouTube, whether you are here every Sunday or whether this may be your first time to worship with us. I do want to uh, be sure you see the beauty on uh, the table here. This was provided by the students in Vacation Bible School uh, this past week. Uh, they painted uh, the vases that you see. Usually after worship, we say that uh, you're welcome to come and take the flowers. Uh, this morning, you're not welcome to come and take the flowers. Uh, they, they belong to uh, the people who painted this and uh, we want them to, to have them for themselves. On uh, many Sunday mornings, I wonder why the people that have gathered in worship at Northminster decided to be a part of the service here this morning. For whatever reason, and let me tell you, there are scores of reasons why people come to worship. But for whatever reason you are here this morning, know that you are welcome, you are an important part of worship, and you are encouraged to participate in every part of the service. My hope is that you find in this service a word that gives you comfort, a hymn that gives you peace, communion that strengthens your soul, an insight that excites your mind, or quiet that calms your thoughts, and prayers that put you in touch with people for whom you care, and a surge of grace that strengthens your faith and gives you hope. So now with me, let's proceed with getting into worship even deeper. We come to this place, some hearts joyous, some spirits broken, some souls basking in health, some suffering sickness, some shoulders unburdened, others weighted down with worry and care. These are all integral parts of each of us God calls us to bring to the altar. This is a place we can freely share all of these. Joy can be contagious. Sorrows can make higher by knowing there are people who care and a God who is with us always. There is indeed a bomb in Gilead. An Come, take the cure. Let, Let us, us worship, worship God. God. 
Gospels of John. After this, there was a festival of the Jews, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, there is a pool. It's called Bethesda, and in Hebrew, Bethsaida, which has five porticos. In these, many invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man there who had been there for 38 years, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Stand up, take your mat, and walk. At once the man was made well. He took up his mat and began to walk. This is an account of the acts of Jesus Christ. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. God have mercy, we are in distress. Our souls and bodies are weighted down with grief. We say to you, you are our God. Our times are in your hands. God not only forgives and loves, God heals our diseases. Praise the Lord, O my soul. One heals the brokenhearted, God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. God protects our time for us to say our prayers. I'd like for us uh, to begin with you saying your prayers silently, and then I will follow your prayers with voicing my prayers aloud. There are so many reasons for prayers that fill our minds and hearts today. One of our members, Susan, full of love, passed away this week. She has been uh, fighting a lot of things for a long time and has uh, now passed away. If you can't uh, remember her, just write it there, right out there. And she and uh, Annie, could be seen right there and they and they would always have a smile on their face and looking around to be greeted and to greet we pray pray for her family parents are filled with worry as they send their school children to school not knowing the presence of 
a harsh violence. Each of us, I imagine, uh, can speak the names of people for whom we want to pray for the strength of a vaccine. We give thanks for um, safety and democracy as we see it in our nation. Even as we see the women of Afghanistan robbed of their liberty and education, as the Taliban takes over their land, forces women to not be women and to engage in marriages that are no more than slavery. We hardly know how to help the people in Haiti who now tortured again by storms are, that are still trying to recover from the storms just before this. As we prayed for our brothers and sisters in Cuba last week, this week we continue to do so now offering the same kinds of prayers for people in Louisiana, Mississippi, where people are saying they have failed completely, Arkansas, and so many other places. We long for help for people needing to get into hospitals that have no rooms, are medical helpers because of COVID-19 sicknesses as a result of turning people turning their backs on vaccines and masks. There is so much to pray for. You say your prayers and I will follow. God, our prayers are simple. As we praise you, we seek affirmation for our lives or instruction on how to make needed changes. No one needs to tell us about our failures and moral errors. We know. We carry the load of a sense of forgiveness and seek the relief of our hope for a better life. We pray for people we love who are ill, hurting, discouraged, ready to give up, and eager to die as we seek to know best how to pray for those whose lives we do not know so well and understand at all, but for which we desire comfort and pleasure. Please don't give up on us, God. We're doing the best we can to bring the influence of faith and the priority of love 
into every nook and cranny of our lives, we struggle. God, we would be most grateful if you would help us find a moment of clarity and even just one day of peace. Amen.
It was not at all like Jesus when he questioned a crippled man with words that sounded downright insensitive, disrespectful, shocking, disturbing. He had just arrived in Jerusalem to attend one of the major Jewish festivals. I'm sure he was tired. People were everywhere and up close to each other. The marketplace was filled with loud braying donkeys, stinking camels, switch merchants, and gawking visitors running all over each other, pushing and pushing and pulling and trying to squeeze through the crowd. Pressed by the uncomfortable hubbub, Jesus was looking for a place where he could stand aside, uh, just a bit away from the press of other people against him. So much noise was going on uh, that he couldn't get his thoughts in line. I am so much like Jesus. Stay with me. <laughs> Please understand that I so seldom can make that statement that I am not going to bypass this opportunity to use it today. <laughs> I quickly tire of being squashed by a crowd, an obnoxious cacophony of loud voices and an odorous assault of a blend of sweat and food and spices and perfume. At least in that way, I seem to be a lot like Jesus. Finally, Jesus made his way to a quieter place, not far from uh, the Sheep Gate, where five porticos had been constructed around a, a very inviting pool of water called the Pool of Bethesda. An ancient rumor had it that the water in this pool uh, had mysterious powers for healing when people could get into the water while the water was churning and splashing. Now, of course, that legendary rumor of mystical healing attracted emotionally disturbed and physically contorted people who wanted to see and touch the water, hoping they might even by chance see the water begin to bubble so it might come to truth with them that there was a promise of healing. People with no sight, people with paralysis, individuals with broken or deformed limbs, people who couldn't walk, individuals whose sources of pain were not obvious, though the result of their pain was etched deeply into the expressions on their faces. People with all kinds of maladies gathered at the pool of Bethesda 
longing to be healed. Now, this popular site, I think of it looking somewhat like a modern emergency room in a hospital on Saturday night filled with people with pains and hurt and bleeding and aching, nauseated and fractured, people needing help. Now this, this is where Jesus asked the not at all like him, out of character for him question. As Jesus stood among the porticos and looking around, his body finally beginning to relax even so lightly, he saw a man he seemed to know. A man who had been at this pool every time Jesus had visited there. As the eyes of the two men met, Jesus asked, Do you want to be well? Now, honestly, that doesn't sound like Jesus. It, it almost seemed cruel. Why, why? Well, this was like Jesus saying, are, are you still here? Or in some strange way, do you just enjoy being sick? Do you really not want to get well? Immediately, the man lying on a pallet on the ground, looked startled as he began to explain his situation. Look, uh, I've, I've, begun lying, I've been lying here for 38 years, the man said. And the same thing happens to me all the time, every time, complaining that he was imprisoned by history the man said to Jesus, I don't have anyone to help me get into the water. Every time the water starts churning with its promise of healing, others get into the pool in front of me. I've often wondered why Jesus didn't ask the man if he had ever requested someone to help him get in the water, but but, but that was not the point of this interchange, and I don't want to appear insensitive. Jesus saw bondage. A man in bondage. Bondage to the past that had spawned a discouraging cynicism that framed the cell of the man's bondage in the future. Oh, maybe one day it will happen. The crippled man said, perhaps soon it, it may happen if, if I can get there. But for now, this is the way it is. I, I remain on the ground where I have been for nearly four decades. Do you want to get well? Jesus Ask again. Implicit in the question was an observation. You live in bondage, created by regrets from the past and aspirations for the future. The time for healing is now. 
The issue here is not singularly about what you want. You, you can live forever wanting to be healed and it will never happen. You can hope for healing in the future without healing ever occurring. Healing requires you to quit living in the past and in the future and to demonstrate your will. What you will do in the present. Jesus said, man, you've been here 38 years. It's not about yesterday or it's not about tomorrow. What has happened in the past or what might happen in the days ahead. It's about now. It's about today. What is your will? Stand up. Pick up your mat. Try it. You can walk if you will. Walk. And the man walked into the water. Spiritually speaking, whether the issue is healing, speaking, making a decision, taking an action, demonstrating love, or creating distance, the difference between want and will is the difference between health and sickness, healing or hurting, peace or war, hunger or satisfaction, change or the status quo, love or disappointment, and life or death. Wants sound good, but for all practical purposes, they mean little. Will is essential, necessary for positive change. Wants are often voiced through whining. Will is expressed with confident resolution. Wants are accompanied by complaints about past failures and a fear that the future will be no different. Will learns from the past and alters the future. I appreciate a person's wants. I admire a person's will. Forty years ago, I was working with the United States Congress and charitable organizations on a strategy for feeding people around the world. After congressional hearings on world hunger, the bipartisan conclusion was that annually, the world produces enough food for every person on earth to have sufficient nourishment on a daily basis. Congress discovered that what we lack in feeding the world is the will. The will to make that possibility a reality. We, we want to eliminate hunger, but we don't have the will to make it happen. I know of no one who doesn't want all people on the planet to have 
enough to eat. But too few people refuse to exercise the will needed to make that happen. Do you will to get well, to make the change needed? Jesus was asking. Think about that. What if we wanted to happen in our church? Can't we do more than just to work more passionately on the fellowship of diverse races? For how long have we been talking about a better system of public education for young people in Louisiana and better salaries for employees that keep ULM going in our towns? We want we want all of that, we say. On Monday of this past week, the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change announced a code red for humanity. Assessments compiled by 234 authors working for 14,000 studies from around the globe described how humans have altered the environment at an unprecedented pace and detailed how catastrophic impact lies ahead of us unless greenhouse gas emissions are cut dramatically. Some serious climate problems are already beyond correction. What we want regarding correction of our world will make no difference for good. Only will, human will, a will to change that goes to work for a better environment is the only thing that will help us as we make the changes that we need to make. Like the man at the pool in Jerusalem. It is time for us to move away from complaining about past wants related to mistakes and failures and to quit wanting things to be different sometime in the future. In the present moment, it's time in the present moment for us to replace wants with will. A will to see our wants become wills that are transformed into realities. Do we will, will to get well? Neither institutions, including churches and schools, nor relationships, including lovers in search of intimacy and durability, nor individuals, including those trying to make a decision or take a certain difficult action, will be helped by wants. Only strong, positive wills can make positive changes occur. Improvement, maturity, closeness, transformation, intimacy, creation of a new day only as a result of action, action taken as the result of a strong will. Now, just as you know, there is never going to be a good time, a right time 
for changes for the better in our lives. Never will all people understand the priority that we value. Forever there will be rationalizations and excuses as to why wants cannot be fulfilled. But that's not the case with a strong personal or social will. With an exercise of will comes a rush of physical adrenaline, mental certitude, emotional strength, and spiritual inspiration that never will be realized in fluctuations between, oh, I wish I, I wish I could have happened in the past with that. I, I still hope it will be better uh, in the future. It is by an exercise of the will in the present moment that a person takes up her mat and walks, shoulders his burden and proceeds, embraces her lover and makes a life, negotiates peace with his concerns and takes action. Will. Will is what provides the motivation, energy, and sustenance that allow us to walk into the realization of our wants and dreams. Do you will to be healed? Or do you prefer to stay sick and keep complaining about it? No, none of us get all we want. But how we exercise our wills to what we devote our wills demonstrate what really matters to us. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to tell and show someone you love them? Do you want to make a commitment? Do you want to change a situation? Do you want to see a better society? If so, exercise your will now. As Jesus in so many words said to the man at the pool of Bethsaida, he says to you, you have been here all of these years for goodness sake fluctuating between regrets from the past and hopes for the future. Today, now, exercise your will. Either be healed or stay sick and be sad. Today, exercise your will. Either make a commitment or say you're incapable of making a commitment. Either change the education system or get comfortable with an unprecedented workforce and uncultured society. Either make peace or accept conflict for the rest of your life. That what happened to be a support question, a cruel and insensitive question from Jesus with which we began, turns out to have been a positive inquiry in every sense of the word. It was a question born of love, meant to cause a person, meant to cause us to engage reality fully and then volitionally take responsibility for change. The question from Jesus was a mandate for us 
to accomplish the fullness of life that is possible if we have the will to make it real. He understood, as we must understand, that which regardless of its goodness and worth will never be no matter how much we say we want, how we want it, if we do not demonstrate the will to have it. Do you will to be healed, to be whole, to be happy again, to say what you think, to make a spiritual step forward and to affect positive change? Do you just want it? Or do you will it? Do you will it enough to act? Mystical waters are always stirring around us. Healing is within reach. Getting something good done is a step away. A long-held desire to demonstrate love is in your power. The question of our will is waiting for an answer. Well,
before we have our closing hymn, we just wanted to go over a few opportunities and announcements with you. First, the Family Ministries Commission with the care group leaders will be planning on meeting this Thursday, August 19th at 5.30 here at the church. If you're not a member of Northminster and would like to know more about becoming a member of our fellowship, we'd love to have you as a member of our congregation. Feel free to speak with one of our worship leaders following the service, or you can email or call the church office and someone will get back in touch with you. There are a number of announcements and opportunities that are listed in your order of worship and are also in our weekly newsletter. We would encourage you to, to check that. Finally, if you've found a place of community or healing or hope at Northminster and believe in the work that we're doing, we'd ask that you consider supporting us financially so that we'll be able to continue creating a space like this in the days to come. You can place an offering in the plate at the back of the sanctuary. You can give online via our website, or you can mail your offering to the church office. Thank you, and now please stand for the closing hymn. Thank you. 